Welcome to the Lab Rats Podcast. You are now entering the maze. Hey everyone, welcome to Lab Rats Podcast. I'm Andy Kraft. And I'm Aaron Kraft. And this is the official podcast of Health Act. Health Act is the number one health newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter you can get delivered straight to your email inbox. It's health news that cuts through the clickbait, cuts through the BS, just straightforward, based upon science, based upon the truth. And we keep it light and humorous, and we keep it short and sweet. It reads in about five minutes, so check it out in the show notes to learn more. All right, we're going to get right into the topic today. We have a lot to cover. We promise we're going to try to keep these shorter, so uh, we'll see how we do with, with today's topic. Today we're talking about GMO foods. For the past several years, there's been a lot of controversy around this. Um, in the health community specifically, a lot of people are saying avoid GMOs. Then you have other people saying you know, GMOs are not harmful. And so we wanted to dig into it today. So Aaron, kick us off by like, explaining what GMOs are in the first place. Yeah, I think there's a lot of misconception about like what they are. It sounds like when you talk about GMOs in your foods, it sounds like it's a chemical being added or like inserted into your food which that's not the case. Um, GMOs, it's what it stands for is genetically modified organism. So genetically meaning genes, it's referring to genes. Uh, modified meaning they're just some type of tweak or change made to that gene. An organism is simply means anything living. In this case, we're talking about a plant. So it simply means there was a, a tweak or a change to the gene of the plant. <clears throat> Um, GMOs do apply to more than just food. It actually applies to things like medicine and vaccines. Um, the most common like GMO in uh, medicine you probably are familiar with is insulin. But for purposes of today, we're talking about GMOs as they relate to plants. So this this isn't just um, this is different than than breeding of plants, which is kind of similar. So if you were to breed two plants, you basically take two plants and just combine them together. Um, into a single plant, but this is taking just a single uh, gene, a single portion of one plant or of one organism and putting it into another. So it's, it's very targeted. It's taking just, typically it's just one or two genes from one organism and inserting it into the cell of the other organism. Then that cell will start to divide and grow. And eventually that gene from the other organism will make it make its way into every cell of the new fully grown organism. So that's what GMOs are. It's simply taking a very small portion of one gene um, of another organism, putting it into a new plant. So um, it's not like inserting some type of chemical into your plant. Uh, but basically how these are used and why they are, these are used in terms of our food is farmers are using genetically modified uh, seeds essentially with the with their crop and they do this to increase their yield so what yield is if you aren't familiar with with farm lingo like if they uh, plant a hundred uh, crops of corn or seeds of corn not one, all 100 of those make it to the end product typically they die off some of them die off through either you know an infestation of weeds an infestation of bugs or just really poor weather conditions so um, farmers do everything they can to increase their yield and gmos help defend against weeds and insects um, 
these uh, these yeah the alter altercations with these GMOs can basically be targeted to specific bugs. So like certain bugs won't even go to that plant anymore just because of the way it is structured. Whereas if it was not genetically modified, they might they might attack that plant. But uh, one benefit of, of GMOs specifically to farmers and that's passed off to the consumer is the cost of production. These, these reduce the cost of, of food overall is kind of the overall reason for these. So farmers don't, because of using genetically modified organisms, farmers do not need to apply as much insecticide, which prevents bugs from attacking a plant. So sometimes they don't need to apply any insecticide at all, or they just um, apply less insecticide to GMO plants. Farmers also don't need to do as much tilling for weed control. Like typically you have to till a field to help with weed control, but um, you do less of this when you have GMOs. And this is a plus for the farmer. It saves them time. It saves them money. It's actually also good for uh, soil erosion. It, it, it creates less soil erosion, the less tilling you do. So there is a plus there for the farmer and the environment. And also, um, this is a benefit for farmers, not so much for the end consumer, but it allows farmers to apply herbicides to the crop without killing the crop, which or herbicides are those defend against weeds. So they can spray all these plants and everything dies except that crop. Um, and, and what, another name for an herbicide that you're probably familiar with is Roundup. And we're going to get into this specifically because that's something you don't want ending up in your food. But um, these are kind of the, the uses for GMOs. It helps prevent against weeds, insects. Um, it's overall just increases the yield for the farmer. So they do are, they are very beneficial for the farmer because, you know, it, it saves them money and that money is, or that savings is passed on to the consumer. If, if no farmer was using these GMOs, we wouldn't have as much food as we have and crops and are just at the, the produce at the store would end up being a little bit more expensive, but this does go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just, just, this is kind of a, a side note, but I actually had a, a part in this when I was growing up, my very first job was for Syngenta seeds and they oh, do, yeah. they do agriculture research. What, do you, what did you do for them? I didn't you like count, you're you're accounting corn. I literally you? counted corn all summer. <laughs> so why? Because they were doing the research. You know, they were genetically uh, modifying like different plots of corn, and so we would go out to these different farms across Indiana, and we, I mean, we're talking huge cornfields, and we would just go up and down, and you'd count the stocks, oh, and then goodness. report back. All right, we all move to the next. Count the crops. Report back. Um, I mean, I was outdoors all summer. It was nice, but like, and I think, I mean, I, back, this was, you know, 15 years ago, I guess, geez, 15 years ago. And I think they paid me like, I want to say like 12 to 14 bucks an hour. It was like double minimum. Oh, wage dang. Wow. For just counting really corn. Good. So it was actually pretty good gig, but that was my, uh, exposure to, uh, to this. So I, <laughs> I was involved in the research in, in some form. Nice. Yeah. That's, uh, Solid first job there. Classic, but anyway, I think uh, like a lot of the, what was that? I was just going to say, it's a cl classic Midwestern job. Yeah. Counting corn. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, so, so this kind of brings the question, are GMOs safe to consume? I think that's, that's one yeah. of the big questions. 
Yeah. So, I mean, clearly they're beneficial to farmers. Um, but the question is, are genetically modified organisms safe for us to consume? That's the one question we need to answer. And two, since GMOs do allow for the use of herbicides like Roundup, um, you know, are these crops that have that are GM genetically modified, are they more likely to have residual chemicals on them in the end product because the farmer is more likely to use herbicide on a genetically modified plant? So kind of the two things we're going to tackle today are GMO safe and is um, our crops that have been applied Roundup safe as well. Um, so with, we'll start with GMOs first because that's kind of the first one here. And um, these are actually really new. They haven't been around for very long, surprisingly. The first genetically modified plant was approved by the FDA in just 1994. So that's 27 years ago. Um, their tomatoes was the very first thing. And obviously, since then, we almost every, at least every, like most corn and soy is now all genetically modified. But in general, these are extremely new. They haven't been around for very long. Um, they obviously tested the safety of this back then, and there's they've continued to study some of the safety. There hasn't been too many like huge trials or really human trials on this, which is somewhat concerning. But um, what they haven't found anything extremely, um, I guess, frightening for for the effects on humans. Um, in the past 27 years, there to date, I mean, there hasn't been a single health issue directly linked to GMOs. Um, now, that's not to say that every study show GMOs are safe. I think some of the most uh, concerning things around GMO is there, there are different types as well. That's something I, I, I want to mention. It's not just like every, you know, genetically modified crop is exactly the same. There are different types. But one specifically one is called one specific GMO is called BT corn. And that's the one that I think has caused the most concern. And what the BT stands for, um, I'm going to totally butcher this name. It's a bacteria called Bacillus thuringianus, something like that. Uh, it, it is a bacteria. Yeah, I, I butchered that. But basically, it's it's a corn that has been gen- genetically modified with this bacteria. And this bacteria is prevents uh, bugs from from getting to that crop. But this one, BT corn specifically, has kind of gotten a lot of hate from people, uh, namely from a few studies that showed some concern for it. Um, in there are some mice studies where this was shown to significantly alter the immune function um, and disrupt immune function, specifically in the gut. On and this was just on mice. There's another another study that showed that the the BT specifically had toxic effects on human cells. Now, this is only in vitro. It was not mm-hmm. in humans themselves. But basically, it caused, um, in, in vitro, it caused the cells to, to die prematurely. Um, and this the concern here is that when this gets into your gut, it basically kind of just wreaks havoc on the, on the cells and uh, the microbiome within your gut. That's the, the major concern with this. Um, but so this is a bacteria. This is not something that's, um, this is not a, uh, insecticide. This is something that's in the, you know, it, this, this isn't an insecticide, right? 
It it is, but it's not like a it's not like this lab made product. It's just a bacteria. Like it's, okay. it's found naturally. And, and actually, interestingly, organic farmers use this. They use this um, BT. I'll just say BT for short. But this bacteria, this BT bacteria, organic farmers use this as a an insecticide. So they'll spray it on the plants. But as a GMO, it's like a part of the yeah. of the DNA okay. of the corn. So it's like within its DNA. But actually, organic farmers use just this bacteria to spray mm. over plants. But the reason why people are more concerned with it as a GMO is because like it's within the plant, and if you consume it, it's like there's no way to not consume it. Whereas with the organic farmers, them spraying it, the theory is okay. They sprayed it on it, but I can I can wash it off. Right, and I'm not going right. to get as much in it. So that's kind of the the theory as to why organic in this case would be better than the non organic. But kind of the um, the opposing side to this is that it's suspected that this specific bacteria is only activated in an alkaline digestive system. In humans and most mammals, their guts are very acidic, um, which would make them resistant to this. And even some um, – because insects' guts are alkaline, which is why mm. it basically they ingest this and it basically explodes in their stomach is kind of how it works. But even some insects that are not alkaline, I'm pretty sure uh, bees and butterflies are both do not have an alkaline um, gut. So those actually can still be present to like they, they can land on these plants, consume these plants and bees and uh, I think monarch butterfly butterflies specifically are basically immune to this bacteria because of their um, acidic gut. So kind of mixed studies, mixed reviews here, mixed evidence on whether uh, this is safe to consume or not. It tends to lean safe to consume. Um, I did not personally come across any like large human trials, specifically none even showing GMOs to be unsafe. Um, the trials that were done and the most common trials were very small. They were done on mice, on rats, in vitro. Mm-hmm. And even with those ones, the outcomes were, were inconsistent. So this is not to say that GMOs are definitely safe. They are very new. There needs to be more long-term human trials done on these. I don't know if those will be done at this point. There's, I don't know who benefits from those trials or how they would get funded. Yeah. I don't know if there are any yeah. ongoing right now. No, I mean, there's like GMOs, as I'll get into, is primarily used by big um, uh, you know, you know, uh, monocropping farm. So a lot of right. a lot of the GMO crops are used for chips, cereals, granola bars, snacks. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of money behind it. So yeah. and there's a lot of there, it's very there's it's very uh, divisive. There's a lot of um, back and forth with this. So I'm, yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to get a big randomized control trial on uh, on GMOs. Yeah, I I don't <clears throat> I don't foresee us getting a a solid study on this unfortunately but i mean to date there, there's nothing linking this to health issues um so i guess i guess just to end with a, a personal take is like if you have you know if you have the option choose choose a non-gmo but i don't think it's the end of the world if you consume gmos i think the issue that comes in is not the gmo specifically but if you are to consume a genetically modified plant that plant is more likely to have been 
exposed to Roundup because a GMO prevents the Roundup from killing the plant. It only kills the weeds around it. So you are more likely to have residual um, herbicide on on a GMO uh, produce. So do you want to get in that into that, Andy? Talk about Roundup or just herbicide in general and some of the yeah. potential dangers and does that make it into our end product? Yeah. Um, yeah, before we get into that, uh, let's talk about our, our friends at Inside Tracker. So a lot of people have been talking about how crypto is the currency of the future. US dollars out, crypto's in, but I think they're getting it all wrong. Data is the real currency of the future. Data is more valuable than Bitcoin, and it can be sold for Bitcoin on the dark web, which is why Inside Tracker wants your medical data so they can sell it to Facebook and make a killing off your information. I'm kidding. They're not doing that. Your data is safe. But in all seriousness, there really is nothing more valuable than your own biological data. Because unlike money, unlike Bitcoin, this data can actually help you feel better, look better, perform better, and live longer. It can increase your health span, which is what we all want. I was actually just listening to uh, David Sinclair, uh, who is a, a longevity scientist at Harvard. He also sits on the advisory board for Inside Tracker, and he was recently on Lex Friedman's podcast. And he was talking about how he uses Inside Tracker to track his internal metrics uh, regularly, I think quarterly. And, and that's how he looks like he's 40 when he's in his early 50s, because he knows what's going on internally and how to modify his lifestyle. And if you want that to be you, take back control of your health. Go to insidetracker.com slash lab rats to get a deeper dive on your blood work and DNA. It really is the best possible investment you can make. So go to insidetracker.com slash lab rats and get 25% off by using code lab rats 25. So the other day I did a brutal workout at my CrossFit gym. Uh, I'm, I'm down in the Carolinas. It's in the nineties. It's, it's humid. It's sunny. And the workout was, uh, the, the CrossFit people will be able to follow this. I apologize to the non-CrossFit people listening. Um, I, it was 50 wall balls with a 20 pound wall ball, half mile run, uh, 50 dumbbell alternating snatches with a 50 pound dumbbell, another half mile run, another 50, um, dumbbell snatches. Uh, another half mile run and then 50 wall balls. And I was tanked. Uh, the time cap was 30 minutes. I did it in like 29 minutes and I just felt like my soul got sucked out of my body and I came home and I just had to like sit down for like 20 minutes. I just didn't feel like talking. I was just staring. <laughs> and, um, you know, even though I, I drank water, I just, I, I felt like I had no energy and it wasn't until I added some element to my water that I feel like I got my life back. I it's, it's a thousand milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 grams of magnesium. So packed with electrolytes, no shady ingredients, um, and great flavors. They actually just released a grapefruit flavor, which is awesome. I love it. Um, so threw that in my water and within 20, 30 minutes, I, I felt like I got my energy back. I was ready to go and, and, um, attack the rest of the day. So if you want that to be you, if you need a little boost before or after your workout, uh, go to drink slash lab rats. This stuff is legit, legit. It's the best electrolyte drink on the market. So drink slash lab rats. All right. Um, so you had, you had asked the question about, Roundup and uh, and herbicides like is that harmful for our health? And just to kind of recap on the, the GMOs, yeah, I don't personally I don't really care if my food has been genetically modified. Like the genetic 
engineering of plants has allowed us to, like you said, increase yield. I mean, prevent famine, um, actually make previously inedible fruit taste good, you know, while still having some nutrients. Um, and, you know, some oh, of so, something else I wanted to mention, sorry to cut you off is like just going off that that reminds me that they are working on with genetic modification working on trying to make food more more nutritious i don't know if that means like more Mm. bioavailable or what exactly like they're tweaking but they're trying to make foods uh, like basically have more nutrition and for us to get more and absorb more nutrients from a food than we typically would if it wasn't genetically modified so like that's a that's cool like that's a pretty cool thing that there are some good things that can come out of this. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, like with genetic modification, and I, th- I think it was actually through something called radiation breeding, which is a completely separate topic. My brother-in-law introduced me to this, but like that's why how we have seedless grapes, seedless watermelons, bananas with no big seeds in the middle. Go look up a picture of what bananas used to look like, <laughs> and you, you'll be thankful for um, genetic modification. I mean, it's really the only reason like fruit just doesn't taste like you know, complete bottle. Yeah, all, all the all the fruit we have today, like the apples, the grapes, the oranges, the pears, it is not like, I don't know, 200 years ago, 100 years ago, even 50 years ago, it was different than mm-hmm. it is now. Um, there's been so many, you know, there's been such an evolution of, of crops over time. Yeah. yeah. If you go back 100 years, it, it, it wasn't like it is today. Yeah, so I, I don't have a problem with that, and I don't think there seems to be a ton of evidence that, that the genet- genetic modification itself presents any health problems, but it's how those GMO crops are chemically treated. And the big villain in this is glyphosate, which is you know, most people know as Roundup. So this was created by the Monsanto, I think that's how you say that, Monsanto company, uh, an agrochemical company back in the 1970s. Um, I think they first started using it on like soy crops or that's what they created soy crops. They genetically modified soy crops to withstand roundup in the, in the nineties. Um, and then the chemical became generic in 2000, which is when a bunch of farmers could afford to use it. Cause it was cheaper at that point. So the concept of this was great, you know, produce a higher yield for cheaper, which can help, you know, produce food for cheaper, you know, help people in lower income areas. But then, you know, people started questioning, how this glyphosate in our food may be impacting our health. And, you know, it's, there's no straight answer on this. I wish I could say like, you know, one, this is definitely bad or, or, or definitely not harmful for our health, but the jury's kind of still out on this. I'll go through kind of where it stands right now. Like the evidence, the biggest one, the biggest claim is that it's a potential carcinogen, uh, meaning that it causes cancer. And in 2015, the world health organization actually said that glyphosate was probably carcinogenic to humans. I'll put a link in the show note to that report, but basically based on some epidemiological data, which again is correlation and some rodent trials, which doesn't always translate to humans. Um, they found that it, it's probably uh, a carcinogen. And then there was a fairly public case in 2018 where Monsanto, the company that created Roundup lost a verdict against Dwayne Johnson, not the rock, it's, it's Dwayne Johnson, um, and, and he claims that Roundup gave him cancer, lymphoma. And uh, now he wasn't, he wasn't consuming you know, GMO crops. He, he was actually using Roundup. He was a groundskeeper, and um, actually the judge sided with 
with him indicating that Roundup was likely what caused his lymphoma, and they had mm-hmm. to pay the company had to pay two hundred eighty million dollars in damages. Wow. Again, a little different situation. I think he like spilled it on himself, and he was using it a lot. So different scenario, but um, you know they concluded that you know glyphosate was was the problem here and probably caused cancer. Um, but beyond that, you know we don't have anything other than some epidemiological data, some correlation, and some rodent trials showing that it is um, carcinogenic. And then there's also some interesting information on how it may disrupt our gut microbiome. So it's 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 thought to kill bacteria in the gut, but the problem with that is that it, it may kill both good and bad bacteria, which makes us more susceptible to infection. Um, gut dysbiosis is, is is the link to many problems: um, Alzheimer's, autism, autoimmune conditions. And uh, so the studies regarding this, and one one of the things that's interesting is a lot of the the studies that look at this show that one of the um, one of the gut bacteria that is most susceptible to glyphosate is a bacteria that we need to digest gluten. So some people say that, you know, the prominence of celiac disease and gluten sensitivity could be caused by glyphosate. Now that's a theory that's not proven. Um, but a lot of these studies have been done in vitro. So this is in a test tube. They're using like human and rodent cells and, and, you know, mixing glyphosate and seeing what happens there. So in, in vitro, no human trials on that. Also, there's some rodent models and in vitro studies on human cells that that have shown it's an enzyme disruptor, it's an endocrine disruptor. Um, it may present prevent the absorption of minerals, um, may induce oxidative stress, which can ultimately damage our DNA and lead to a whole host of other problems. And and that one, the, the oxidative stress. Now that has been shown in in live rodent models that had consumed glyphosate in dissolved water as well as in vitro studies with human cells. Um, so that one seems to have a little more evidence. But in summary with all this, we have a lot of epidemiology data. So associations, correlations. We have a lot of in vitro studies uh, with human cells and some rodent studies. I would say the evidence thus far indicates that it's it's not looking good. Um, usually in these cases where we don't know, uh, if a certain substance can harm us, it's best to avoid when possible until we have more data. But ultimately, that's that's up to you. Hey, everyone. Quick interruption. This is not an ad. But um, right after Aaron and I recorded this episode, um, somebody who we highly respect in the nutrition science community, Chris Kresser, just put out a, a similar episode on the toxic uh, effects of glyphosate on his podcast. It's called the Revolution Health Radio. He goes into much more detail than I did here, and the the significant uh, association between glyphosate exposure and cancer, and some of the other issues that I talked about. And I um, mean, he describes it as as one of the most uh, harmful toxins that we're exposed to on a regular basis. So I definitely recommend going to check that out. It does it much more justice than I than I did here. And it's not that long. It's about 30 minutes. He gets he gets right into it, right into the glyphosate talk. Um, definitely recommend checking that out. It's Revolution Health Radio. The host is Chris Kresser. And I think you'll find that really, um, really informative. All right. This should be the last interruption. Let's get back to it. Now, um, you may be wondering, okay, where is glyphosate found? Is it found on all the vegetables that I'm eating at the store? Like, where is it? And I found a chart from the FDA showing what crops can be grown in the, what GMO crops can be grown in the U.S. And so 
I'll, I'll read those off. I'll also put that in the show notes. It's mostly corn, soybean, canola, sugar beets, which makes uh, a lot of the sugar that is in snacks at the store. So sugar, essentially cotton, and then um, summer squash, potatoes, papaya, apples, and alfalfa, which is mostly used for cattle feed. So basically the primary ingredients in most processed foods on the store shelves, cereals, crackers, chips, candy, granola bars, pretty much all of these things are made with um, GMO crops. I mean, things like corn, soybean, canola, sugar, which is all bad for us anyway. Um, but these crops are most likely to be sprayed with glyphosate. You know, like I mentioned earlier, it's primarily used in, in monocropping, these, these crops that are being mass produced. Um, there was a study that was done in 2016 where they looked at glyphosate content in American foods. And I'll, I'll post that link in the show note, but it was mostly like every cereal, pretty much, uh, and cereal bars and every snack you can think of, goldfish, Cheez-Its, Doritos, Oreos, I mean, pretty much name any snack. But what was interesting is that um, one thing that popped up on there that surprised me was Bob's Red Mill Organic Old Fashioned Rolled Oats. Hmm. Yeah, I was just I was just reading. I saw that because I'm like, oh, well, I avoid most of the processed food, so I probably don't consume much of it anyway. Um, but then I saw that same thing. The this It wasn't organic, but Quaker's Old Fashioned Oats, just plain oats. It's like mm-hmm. those are not processed like i i i just had those this morning for for my breakfast some some just classic oats but yeah those had actually really high amounts of glyphosate in it so you're saying that even the organic rolled oats had glyphosate bob's red mill organic which is you know high quality um and that that brings me to my next point which is just because it's not gmo or organic does not mean that it's glyphosate free so I talked with my brother-in-law about this. My father-in-law, he he's a farmer, you know, farmed most of his life. His dad was a farmer. They own a huge farm in in Ohio. And my brother-in-law, he um, you know, he worked for them like many many years. Um, so he he knows a lot of this stuff. He actually helped me a lot when putting together this episode. So shout out to him. Thanks thanks for <laughs> answering all my questions. Um, but but one thing that that you know he he mentioned and, and that I, I read is a lot of times organic crops are grown right next to traditionally grown crops. So there may be some residue that transfers from these GMO crops or from just traditionally raised crops um, that transfer to these organic crops. So either via the soil, water, or air, um, basically a lot of non-GMO products can still contain non-organic approved pesticides just by being near those crops. And I think that's where I think with this like organic rolled oats, uh, it's probably, you know, residual from other, um, from wherever these crops were grown, they were probably near, uh, near a a, uh, crop that was grown with glyphosate uh, or sprayed with glyphosate. So you're not free when you're getting organic. Now, certified organic crops cannot be directly sprayed with glyphosate. Um, I, I looked up the USDA, USDA organic standards and basically what they say regarding pest pesticides, well, I guess glyphosate is not a, is not a pesticide. Um, it's an herbicide, but here, here's the organic standards. Crop pests, weeds, and diseases will be controlled primarily through management practices, including physical, mechanical, and biological controls. When these practices are not sufficient, a biological, botanical, or synthetic substance approved for use 
on the national list may be used. And so I went to this national list and glyphosate is not an approved chemical. So if you are USDA organic, you can't directly spray your, um, your crops with glyphosate. Doesn't mean they're glyphosate free. Um, now, and there are several other chemicals on that list, which brings me to another point, organic vegetables and or, or organic crops are not like a hundred percent natural or, or, or chemical free. They still contain chemicals. Just they, they just contain USDA organic approved chemicals. And so you can see that list. If you want to actually dig in the show notes, um, I'll put that there. But basically just cause it's organic doesn't mean it's free of pesticides. Those pesticides have just been approved for use on organic products, but it is better. I mean, organic is better cause you can't directly sp spray glyphosate on there, but it, it doesn't mean it's absolutely glyphosate free. Really the best way to ensure that there were no, uh, no shady chemicals used is, is if you grow it yourself or if you know someone who grows it, I actually have a buddy in Indiana who's doing this. He bought an acre of land and they're, they're growing all their own vegetables. It's, um, it's, it's really cool. And, and they know that, you know, it's going to be actually pesticide free. Um, so yeah. Or, or another way is you can look at like hydroponic farmers. Again, my brother-in-law introduced me to this, that you may have some hydroponic farmers, which is a really cool way to, to grow. And a lot of them don't use anything at all. hundred percent natural. Is that where you're growing in, in water basically? Yeah. And then I think they have okay. fish. Yeah. Somehow like the fish, I think they nibble on the plants. That's how they're fed. And then they poop that fertilizes the, the mm. plants and then they filter I, out the water. I actually keep seeing this ad for Instagram and everyone who's listening is now going to get the same ad is this like tower. It's like this tower oh, thing. Yeah. Have you seen that? And it's yeah. like, you can like fit a ton of stuff on it. It's like, you can put it out on your, even if you have like an apartment you could put it out in your balcony, but it's this tower you fill with water and it like has like four tiers of like circles around it. And then you plant, uh, you know, lettuce or different types of small, uh, produce in it. And you can just grow it right from your balcony. It's kind of mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, no, I've seen those too. Um, they're, I think they're kind of expensive, but you can, yeah, probably kind of, uh, at least like grow some herbs on there or something, which would be kind of cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's get into the experiment for this. So for, for this week, what Aaron and I did is we both drank a bottle of Roundup, um, just to see what would happen. <laughs> I'm kidding. We didn't do that. That's, that's the end. Um, yeah, there's no, so really yeah. no way to experiment with this one. Um, I think I guess you can speak for yourself, but I, I, when I shop at the store, I guess to kind of conclude here, takeaways, recommendations, um, I, as much as possible, tried to do, um, organic. I mean, if I can't find it, then it's no, no big deal, but on average, I'll, I'll look for organic if it's there. But I mean, like we saw here, unfortunately, some chemicals, certainly chemicals are still used on, on these organic crops. So it's not like you're getting this completely natural organic grown on a field with just, just dirt, sun and water. Other things were added to it as well. Unfortunately, um, probably not the, the answer you've wanted to get from this episode, kind of a lot of up in the air stuff, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. That's, I yeah, think, well, I think the biggest takeaway is honestly avoid processed foods. Most yeah, processed foods yeah. are not only are they good for you, but like the, 
Well, n- number one, that's what's going to contain glyphosate. So if, if, if glyphosate scares you, you know, avoid those. And by that, you're already avoiding crap like um, canola, sugar, you know, s- uh, soybean, corn. I mean, it's it's all none of it's like nutrient dense. A lot of it's garbage. It's these seed oils. It's it's things that cause inflammation. It it causes a whole host of other problems. So best case scenario, just avoid processed foods and you're good. Um, yeah. Or, you yeah, know, the top then, four. Yeah. The top four genetically modified foods, meaning if it's gen- genetically modified, they're going to use an herbicide or Roundup on it. The top four, you, you mentioned this, is, fe- is corn, soybeans, sugar, and vegetable oils, which are like, other than the soybeans, questionably, like corn, corn oils and all that, and high fructose corn syrup, yeah. um, sugar, and vegetable oils. Those are like the three worst things we can consume, and they're the three things that are, are in almost every single processed food. Yeah. So like simply cutting those out and just eating whole foods, even if you get like whole foods that are organic, like they're much, much less likely to contain le- detectable levels of, of glyphosate in yeah. them. Yeah. And um, even if you can't avoid, uh, you can't afford to buy organic produce, I mean, then just, you know, wash your vegetables, you know, as good as you can. I actually heard this little trick. I have done no research into this. I read it somewhere and I've done it a few times. Um, apparently one way to get the pesticides off is um, like baking soda. So like our, our grapes, mm-hmm. what we do is put our grapes in a bowl, put some baking soda on it and then shake it around for like a minute and then rinse okay. it off for a minute. And apparently that, I don't know, who knows if that's if that's real. But just try to watch, wash your um, wash your veggies and uh, stick to whole foods. I think I think you're safe. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. All right. Hope you guys enjoy, make some good choices with your food and hope you guys have a great week. 